It's lovely to see you today. My name's Steph. Yeah, I head up the children's ministry, um, and my heart is as a revivalist. I want to see God's kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. That's my, that's my joy. That's my passion. And I want to, and my other passion is to equip us all to be revivalists. So that's how I come today. That's who I am. And I just want to recognize that freedom is here. That God, freedom, is here. Yeah, and I just really believe that he's releasing a greater measure of freedom right now. So just open up your heart to that. Don't miss out on that freedom that he's got for you. Just open up your heart and say yes to him right now. And if you think you already know freedom, he's got more. (laughs) And if you think that you have got quite a lot of freedom, he's got more. And if you don't know freedom, he's definitely got more for you. So just take that key that he's offering you right now. Unlock the door to your heart and welcome him in. Welcome him in. The picture I've got is um, of like what each of us is a thermometer scale. You know, one of those ones with like the red dye in it. And you've just gone right to the top. <laughs> you've hit the top. Breathe it in. Encounter it. Experience it. Yeah, Jesus, we just say more. More of your freedom. More of your freedom. More of your freedom. Freedom is a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's such a beautiful thing. And I think you only really understand what a beautiful, amazing thing it is when you start to experience it for yourself or when it gets taken away from you. I haven't personally been in jail. Maybe maybe please for me. But I do remember when I was 18, I took a gap year and spent a year in Uganda, which is just such an amazing country. And um, I lived with uh, an English family who were missionaries out there in a place called Rukunjiri, um, which was probably about two days, well, it felt like at the time, two days' journey from the main city of Kampala and what I considered to be relative civilization. And um, so I lived in Rukunjiri. It was miles away from the main city, and I suddenly realized I had not renewed my visa. I was 18, and um, I didn't particularly want to suffer the consequences of not renewing my visa. So we traveled the two days to Kampala, and um, we went to the correct authorities, and I said, I'm really sorry, I forgot to renew my visa. To find that the man was incredibly cross with me. And he didn't have to say much, because either side of him were two men with rifles, Um, who looked incredibly scary, and he just pointed to a door in the corner. I'm sure he was just trying to frighten me, but it did, it worked. Um, There was a door open in the corner, which looked like a cell, and he just said, so, and pointed to it, and I was like, no, no, I'm really sorry, please, I'm really, really sorry, what can I do? It was all sorted out, um, basically by money, but um, it scared me. (laughs) Having my freedom taken away absolutely petrified me. I've never been so grateful for freedom when I walked out of that building. See, freedom is a beautiful thing. Being free 
is a beautiful thing. Knowing freedom is a beautiful thing. Stepping in to freedom is amazing. And our spiritual freedom is a beautiful thing because it's good news. We are completely free. You are completely free. If you know and love and trust and have accepted Jesus, you are completely free. You're free from sin. You're free from shame. You're free from guilt. You're free from your past. You're free from who you were. You're free. You are completely free. I put up the picture of the target because it's my favorite illustration of the moment. When you um, are a children's worker, you're always looking for helpful things to explain something. And this is my favorite illustration of the moment, so I thought I'd share it with you. You probably all know it. But did you know, in archery, um, the, the term for missing the target, you know when an archer kind of aims his bow and uh, the arrow heads down the line to the target, if he misses it, they shout, send! Did you know that? I just discovered that. And um, it's missing the target. You've missed the target. You see, sinned means we've missed the target of God's goodness and righteousness. We've missed that target, but the good news is because of his great mercy, Jesus died for us. I know that for most of you, you know that. But I just want to say that again. Because of his great mercy, Jesus died for us. He paid the price for our sins so that we never miss the target. So that we always hit the target of righteousness. It's as if I had never sinned. Can I just say, if you don't know that today, Jesus is saying to you, I paid the price for you. I did it for you. So you are now righteous. You are now free from sin, free from shame, free from guilt, free from your past. You are free. You are free. No longer does your past define you. No longer are you the person who made those mistakes. And no longer are you the mistakes that you made. And no longer does Jesus hold you accountable for those mistakes. He doesn't hold you accountable for what you could have done or for what you should have done or what you ought to have done. You're no longer what someone said about you or spoke over you. You're no longer that name that someone called you. You're not that anymore. You are not captive to those things. You are free. Just close your eyes for a minute. And just ask Jesus to show you what things or what things do you still hold on to that you are actually free from? And when he shows you, say, Jesus, can you cut that off me? Can you take that from me? 
because you are free. You are free. Freedom is your good news. Freedom is who you are. So what should you do with that freedom? What should you do with that freedom? Can I tell you what you're to do with it? Live. You're to live with that freedom. Jesus didn't give you freedom so you stay still and don't do anything with it. He gave you freedom so that you can live. John 10, verse 10, my favorite verse, I will never stop repeating it, I will never stop using it, because it's just brilliant. He came to give you life in all its fullness. He didn't pay for your freedom for nothing. He paid for your freedom so that you would have a better life, so that you would have life in all its fullness, the very, very best of life. Not a second best life, the best life. The best life. A few years ago, I had the enormous privilege of um, fostering three children for a year. Um, They had lived with me for a few weeks with their mum in um, my house in Peckham, And then some stuff happened, which I won't go into because it's been recorded. Um, But she was sent to prison, and I looked after the kids, and we had um, an amazing but exhausting um, year. And it was one of the most special and rewarding things I've ever done. But when my mum came out of prison and came home, the thing that surprised me was that she found it really hard to live. And for a while, she remained in her room every single day. Sometimes she would venture out and come to the kitchen. You see, she'd forgotten that she was free, and freedom meant living. She stayed in her room, because although she was free, she didn't know how to live. And sometimes we could know that we're free, And we can say that we're free. And we can acknowledge that we're free from sin and free from guilt and free from the past. But we forget how to live. And we forget that we can live. Because we box ourselves in. We put ourselves in a room. And we don't live. And Jesus said, I didn't come to give you a set of rules. I didn't come to give you a set of do's and don'ts and a protected space so you don't get it all wrong. He said, I came to give you life. Life in all its fullness. A few weeks ago, Danny Silk said this, salvation is the easy part. The good news is you are free. Now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to do? See, if freedom is living life in all its fullness, then we have to do something about that tension of living in freedom but not wanting to get it wrong again. That tension of 
living life in all its fullness, but it's got to be different to how it was before because we now want to live with Christ and know how to live in that new life of being saved and set free. There's a tension, isn't there? But we have to remember that that life that he's given us is in all its fullness. It's the best life. So it is going to be great. Okay? It is going to be great. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11 to 12. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. You see, we have those verses, don't we? I come to give you life in all its fullness, but then I can do anything, but not everything is beneficial. So how do I do that? How do I live a life of freedom that's pure. How do I live life in all its fullness without rules and regulations but that's pure and reflects the holy God that now lives inside me and that I want to worship and that I want to live for? How do I do that? How do I do that? There's that great Sermon on the Mount, isn't there, from in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus reveals all those qualities of a Christian life. He says that being blessed is meekness and mercy and poorness in spirit and purity and peacemaking. And they're like, sometimes we hang them on ourselves and go, well, there's my rules. There's how to be. But then that rule puts us in a box and sticks us in a room and locks us in because we make them like things that we've got to do. Whereas Jesus said that they were an encouragement. They're to help us live distinctly as people who follow God with values that are different. And he encourages us to be like that, to be pure and meek and holy and all the other things that are in that list. Not because he wants to give us a list of rules that are too hard to keep so we find excuses not to do them. But so that from this place of freedom, from this place of relationship with a loving Heavenly Father, these are the godly attitudes that he inspires in us to protect us from bad behavior, but so that we know what freedom really looks like. So freedom is the power to live in purity. Freedom is the power to live in purity. You see, God wants us to be pure because he wants the very best for us. He wants us to have life in all its fullness. He wants us to have life in all its fullness. So he sets us free And then he helps us to be pure. He wants the very best for us. See, we say God is good all the time. All the time God is good. We sing it, we dance it, we clap it, we chant it. We say God is good, don't we? But do we believe it? Do we believe that God is good and that he wants the very best for us? Because if we believe that God is good and wants the very best for us, 
and that he wants us to have this life in all its fullness, then we wouldn't settle for second best in the purity stakes. And we wouldn't compromise. Because if he says purity is the very best life, then that's what I want. And I wouldn't compromise it. And I wouldn't compromise it. And can I just say, I'm not just talking about sexual purity, okay? I want to make that really clear. It's purity of thought, purity of speech, purity of life and sexual purity, purity with my eyes, purity with my actions, purity with my behavior. I'm talking about purity, holiness. You see, God wants you to know that he has the best plan for you, that he has life in all its fullness, and that is the best. And so purity is the best, and anything less than that is a compromise. When Jesus died on the cross for you and for me, he restored you in that moment to the highest purity. You were restored to 100% top standard purity, no matter what your past was. No matter how you used to speak or how much you used to swear, you were restored to the top standard. You were completely and utterly 100% pure. That's where you start. And it doesn't get any less. It doesn't go less than that. You start from that point. And so, I believe that if that's what he has for me, and I'm not going to compromise, then it's not difficult to stay in purity. Because if he can then teach me how to heal the sick, if he can then help me to know that I have authority to drive out demons, if he then can give me the authority to preach the good news, then he can also help me to live in purity. And it's not any different. It's not any different. Because he has life in all its fullness for me. And it comes from the same freedom. I am free to be pure. I love this definition of purity. Something that has no flaws or foreign substances. Something that light, glory, can shine through. We are free. So freedom means that we have the power to live in purity because we are people who shine with God's glory. You shine with God's glory. That is who you are. And shining with God's glory, being one that has no flaws or foreign substances, is what is going to bring heaven to earth and transform our world. That's what's going to do it. Being who you're meant to be. Being the glorious person that you're meant to be. No compromise. No second best. Life in all its fullness. Living pure life. So how do we do that? Firstly, know who you are. Know who you are. Know who you are. Know that you are a prophetic people. You see, we're living in the days of Acts chapter 2. We're living in the last days, as it says in verse 17. 
where God says, I will pour out my spirit on all, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men, your young men, sorry, will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. See, we weren't born in the Old Testament times. We weren't born in the New Testament times. We're here and now, in these days, where his spirit is poured out on us. We are glorious people because we're filled with his spirit. We are filled with his spirit. And so prophecy is the faith to bring a declaration of what is to, to come, to speak out what God has shown you, to speak words of life into situations. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, so we can do that. And God reveals his secrets to you. You see the things in God's heart, because this is who you are. And God reveals the secrets of his heart to you. He shows you things that he doesn't show anybody else. That's why you're pure. That's why you live in purity. Not to box yourself in. That's why you're free to live in purity because you are filled with the Spirit of God and a prophetic person. And you know whose you are. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You belong in his presence, with him, connected to him, seated at the right hand of the Father, complete access to him, to his voice, his plans, his kingdom. You see, the enemy wants to distract you and tell you that you can't be there because you're not good enough, you're not pure enough, you're not holy enough, you said that wrong, you thought that wrong, you watched that television program. But you can say, I know I did that and I'm sorry, but I have access because I am a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. And so I can come to him and he meets me there. And he restores me. You see, when we know who we are, then when we do do the wrong thing or mess up, it means that we're not embarrassed to come and say, sorry God, I did it again. Sorry God, my mouth ran away with me. Sorry God. Because we know that we're his son or we're his daughter. And so we have complete access to him. And he doesn't mind. He listens to us. He hears us. He hears our voice. And he goes, yeah, it's okay because I restored you to 100% purity when Jesus died on the cross for you. I can have confidence in my position. And so I can live pure, knowing that I can always say sorry and always say I got it wrong again. He goes, yeah, I know you did. Come on picks me up and gets on again. We're not embarrassed to go to him and say that we're sorry. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 Since we have these promises, let us, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. Knowing who we are, 
knowing that we're a prophetic people, knowing that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God, means that actually we don't really want anything to contaminate us. We don't want anything to stop us from being pure. Because it's not who we are. I don't know about you, but I'm not very good at clearing out my fridge. And I often find mouldy things inside it. And I open the door and I'm like, ooh, okay. And if I were sensible, I would know that if there's one little mouldy carrot in the drawer, get it out quickly. Because otherwise it contaminates the rest of the carrots and the potatoes and the other courgettes or whatever it is in my fruit and veg drawer. You see, when you find something mouldy, you get it out because it contaminates everything else. And it's the same here. When I find something in me that isn't of the standard that it should be because I'm a son and daughter of the King of Kings, because I'm a prophetic person filled with the Holy Spirit, I want it out because it contaminates me and probably everyone else around me. Do you see the difference? When you know who you are, you get rid of the mold in your life. When you know who you are, when you know whose you are, you get it out. And when you know that you're glorious, you don't want anything to contaminate that glory. And you get it out. And getting it out is really easy. You say, Jesus, get it out. And he does it. Know who you are. You're glorious. You're glorious. Don't be anything else. And secondly, not just knowing who you are, but know that you've got the tools to do it. Know that you can do it. It isn't easy. I want to be really honest. I'm not standing here saying, oh, living in purity is really easy. I'm not. I'm in my 40s. I'm not married. I'm single. It's not easy to live pure. Okay? It's not. Okay, there's temptations everywhere. Everywhere you look. Not just to, for, my, for sexual purity. There's temptations everywhere to moan. There's temptations everywhere, temptations everywhere to grumble and complain to be anxious and fearful. There's temptations everywhere to get angry and fed up and annoyed with people. Believe me, I know. Okay? I know. I, keeping my thought, thought life pure, it's not easy. Making sure I watch programs that don't distract me and make it difficult for me. Make me dissatisfied. To make me live and think in ungodly ways. It's not easy. But the reason it's not easy is because there's a thief around us. Remember, if you go back to John 10, verse 10, it said, the thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy. See, that's his tactic. He wants to steal from you. That, he mean, that means he wants to take from you. He wants to lie to you and little by little embezzle from you until he's taken away your joy or your peace or your hope or your freedom or your purity so that before you realize it 
it's gone. And he wants to kill. Because what he can't steal, he will talk you into sacrificing to him. He will tell you, wow, you've waited a bit of a long time, haven't you? You've believed for that for too long. You've seen nothing happen, so you might as well give up. And you just live a normal life. You can say okay to feel a bit hopeless. It's, ho- it's okay to despair and blame God. Or just decide that it's never going to happen. So you cut off your heart to God just in that part. You see, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And I know that I've had times where I've had to really battle and really work on that in my life. You know, I long to be married. I long to have children. And the lie that he spins is it's never going to happen now. You might as well give up hope, Steph, because it's just not going to happen. And in that moment, he's killed my birthright of life in all its fullness. If I allow that lie to hold on and not say, I see you for what you're doing, enemy. I see that you're trying to steal, kill, and destroy my hope. I see that you're trying to steal, kill, and destroy so that I'm despairing. If I don't see it for what it is and say, I see you, go away, get out. You're contaminating my life. You're moldy and I don't want you anymore. Get out. If I don't see it for what it is, then I'm losing that fullness of life that Jesus paid for me on the cross. Because if he's promised me fullness of life, whatever my status on Facebook, whatever my status on Facebook, I have life in all its fullness. And I can live every day with life in all its fullness. And I'm not going to let that silly lie contaminate the life that I have today and tomorrow and next week. And I'm not going to let him contaminate what I'm doing now so that I live in hopelessness and despair. You see, I have to see it for what it is, and I have to get it out and throw it away. And he's given us his armor to help us, hasn't he? He's given us his armor to help us. Ephesians 6 says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Put on the full armour of God. I loved it this morning in um, the group down in World Changes, which is our kids' group, Kingdom Carriers. We were, um, we were doing some different things, and one of the things we were doing was asking God what, what his protection looks like. And so they, they, had a, they were asking God for a picture of what his protection looks like. They had amazing pictures. So one of them had a bubble of protection around them. Another one had this heat force around them. And loads of them, independently of each other, had a shield of faith. And it wasn't just this little shield. It was this great big shield that they held up in front of them. You see, Roman soldiers were constantly training and refining their gift of being a warrior. They would carry swords double the size of them to grow their endurance and strength. They would daily practice their sword techniques. And they were taught not to slash but to stab. So they wouldn't throw their sword around hoping to catch their opponent and injure them. 
but that they would find the weakest point on their opponent and stab just two inches in, knowing that in that spot it would kill them. And it's with that in mind that Paul gives us this picture of a Roman warrior to illustrate what God has given us to defeat our enemy. See, Ephesians 6 has put on the full armour of God. And he talks about all the armour that we have to put on. You see, we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So that when we're in the middle of temptation, we can take our sword, ask God what the truth is, and declare that truth. And we don't want to pick, we don't want God to just, you know, we don't want to just go, oh, well, my favorite verse is, ugh. Say, God, what is the truth for right now? Because I don't want to slash at the enemy. I want to be like that Roman soldier that stabs and kills it and gets it out. Very dramatic, sorry. But that's it, isn't it? We don't want to just, oh, well, I hope I'll get rid of it. We want rid of it because it contaminates us. And so God will give you the specific words of truth that you need to get rid of that thing in that temptation that kills it. Because you're free. So it can't stick to you. It can't stay with you. You're free to live life in all all its fullness. So when it's coming at you, get rid of it. Stab it. Get it out. See, the devil is an opportunist. He can't read your mind, but he can read your mouth. So don't speak stuff over yourself which is negative. Speak life and goodness over you. Speak words of truth and favour. Because you're a prophetic people. So speak those things over you because that's who you are. Speak life into situations that seem hopeless. Speak life into the things that you would otherwise fall into hopelessness or despair over. Speak life into them. Call them to be what they aren't yet because you're a prophetic people, so you can do it. And he will give you the words to do it. Use your sword of the Spirit and speak words of truth and life and worship. Worship those words of truth, just like we did this evening. Worship those words of truth so that every time we're tempted... You can press delete and then press restart and declare the truth to renew your mind. Because you are free. And you are free to live life in all its fullness. And those lies need to be got out. But you haven't just got the sword of the Spirit. You've got a shield of faith to stand behind, to protect you from the fiery darts. You probably know that in a Roman army, The shields were used in a formation sometimes like a tortoise. So the whole army would stand shoulder to shoulder, shields in front, to the left, to the right, above. But there'd be no gap for that fiery dart to get through. And when we need the shield of faith in the middle of temptation, what we need is a whole army of glorious people to stand around us. We need them with their shields of faith, to come and stand and put their shield in front of us or above us or to the right or to the left to help us, to protect us, to hold us up in faith, to give us the confidence that what we haven't yet seen, 
is true and is possible. That's why we need to be in this together. That's why you need to have people around you who you can be accountable with, who can be on your side. People who you can be open and honest with. People that will stand with you no matter what. So that in that place where it's difficult for you, in that moment where it's a bit difficult, where you can just say, just put your shield up around me right now. And then Jesus comes and restores you. He restores you. Because you were born to live free, and you are free. And you're a glorious people. So let nothing stop you from living free. Let nothing stop you from living free. Get people around you when you know you're finding it difficult. So why? Finally, why why live in purity? Why do we have the power to live in purity? Well, let me remind you of my definition of purity. Something that has no flaws or foreign substances. Something that light, glory can shine through. So you have the power to live in purity because you are someone God shines his glory through. Everywhere you go, everyone you meet, everything you say, everything you write, everything you do, the glory of God is seen through it. That's every one of us, not some of us, every one of us. And the glory of God is seen through it, through you, because of you, because of who you are. And our world needs glorious you. And our world needs glorious you living free and living life in all its fullness. So don't compromise. Don't live half a life. Don't live second best. Live a glorious life. Life in all its fullness. Finally, Matthew 5, verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See, we have the power to live in purity, because we get to see God. We get to have face-to-face encounters with him. We, right now, in this day and age, in your life, get to have face-to-face encounters with him. You see him in his glorious splendor and majesty. You get to spend time with him. And that's why you have the power to live in purity. Because you see the one who is pure. You spend time with him. You encounter him. And why would you want to be anything less than that? Because you're glorious too. And you reflect his glory. We reflect who he is. That's who you are. Would like to stand up for a minute? He's here.
is here. And to each one of us, he says, come. Come. So I want to invite you like he's inviting you to come into his presence. Knowing that you are 100% pure. Come into his presence. Come into him. Come as his son. Come as his daughter. Come as glorious. He's inviting you into an encounter with him. If you do need to sit down, please don't feel like you have to stand up. He's inviting you into an encounter with him. A face-to-face encounter with him. There is nothing that could stop you because you are 100% pure. And he wants to show you just how much he loves you, how much he delights in you, and how he sees you. He might show you in a picture, he might speak to you, but he wants to tell you how he sees you right now. He wants to specifically show you your glory. And he wants to show you 
your freedom. And he's pressing that temperature and he's saying there's more. So allow his freedom to encounter you right now. There's more. For some of you, you might be aware that there is a lie or or something that's just holding you back right now. If you're aware of that, get it, check it out. Flick it off like a fly. Get it out like a mouldy carrot. And just receive the freedom that comes from getting rid of it the freshness, the fullness, the life. Lord Jesus, we thank you for freedom. Freedom to live. Freedom to live. Yeah, Jesus, show us what living looks like. Show us what living looks like. What I say to the kids is grab hold of those pictures. Make sure they're in your hand. Put them in your pocket because you don't want them to go away. Put them in your pocket. I love that song that we sang earlier, I'm never going back again. I'm never going back again. So Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the freedom that you've given to us. We thank you that you have given us life in all its fullness. Thank you that we have, because of that freedom, we live full lives. Lives that are the best lives, not second best. Thank you that we have the power to live in purity. And Jesus, we're never going back again. We are never going back again. Take us on. Take us deeper. Deeper and deeper into you. Amen. Amen.